As a way to honor all of the mothers on here, from now through Mother's Day weekend, you can grab the My Essential Birth course and get the new bonus birth affirmations track plus matching birth affirmation cards and get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot. Or you can be one of the first five to bundle and save grabbing the My Essential Birth and Postpartum course. And I will personally send you a handmade 100% muslin cotton belly bind with your bonus tutorial video. Plus you get all the bonuses from before the birth affirmation track, matching birth affirmation cards, and you get entered to win one of three goodies from Docatot totaling $247 worth of goodies. Head to myessentialbirth.com forward slash get started and join me in the birth course today. Happy Mother's Day. However you bring a baby into this world is just, it's just incredible. And it, and it's, it's always amazing no matter how it happens. But I kind of had decided I have some ways that I would like it to go for me. And, um, there's a number of reasons for that. So that's why I kind of was like, hmm, what's this correlation with? induction and C-sections and, and kind of sounding like with some of these birth stories, things 
um, maybe weren't so much in people's control. And I wanted to try to, I guess, have as much control as possible, understanding that obviously birth has its own plan and your baby's always going to kind of have their own plan as well. Getting pregnant and giving birth are two of the most exciting things you can ever hope to experience in this life. The moment you think you could be pregnant, you're frantically searching for all the best information, which is why you're here today. I'm Stephanie King, and with my many years of experience as a professional childbirth educator, doula, and lover of all things pregnancy, birth, and postpartum, I'm here to make preparing for your birth enjoyable, empowering, and totally easy. Each week, I'll cover different topics, interview professionals, and get into the nitty-gritty birth stories from mamas just like you. And when you're ready for more, you can join me in the My Essential Birth course at myessentialbirth.com, where I take you step-by-step through exactly how to prepare your mind, body, spirit, and partner for a birth you love. So let's get started. It's time. The My Essential Birth postpartum course is here. Whether you're pregnant, just got baby home, or weeks and months into postpartum, this is the course for you. No more wondering what's normal for your body postpartum, if baby's eating or pooping enough, or how to get a good latch. You now have an all-in-one resource where you can click a topic and get the answer. Learn more at myessentialbirth.com forward slash postpartum and add it onto the My Essential Birth course for even less when you bundle them at checkout. Already in the course? Check your student library and add the course for the same discount. I can't wait to support you on your postpartum journey. This week's reviewer of the week is from Dr. Cairo, and she says, pediatric slash prenatal chiropractor and first-time mom. She said, as a pediatric and prenatal doctor of chiropractic and pregnant for the first time, this has been such a fun podcast to listen to. I work within the birth world, and I'm still learning new things during each episode. Planning my first natural birth in a birthing center in October and excited to have found a podcast that aligns with my views. Yay! I love reviews like this. Um, I appreciate you being here and for learning along the way. And I want to tell you that I really appreciate the work that you're doing with moms because yes, we need more chiropractors that know how to work with pregnant, um, and postpartum moms in order to like get their body ready for birth and to protect it once birth is over. So, um, thank you for your service and everything that you do for women as well. Uh, today, you guys, we have another birth story and I'm really happy to have with me Taylor. So Taylor, will you take a moment and introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you and your family and any information you want. Sure. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Taylor. I'm 28 years old. Um, I live in London, Ontario um, with my husband. And we um, we just gave birth to our first baby girl, Lucy. So um, I'm really excited to be here. I um, was an avid listener of the podcast during my pregnancy. And um, we also took the birth course together. So it's kind of a full circle moment now um, being here and getting the chance to uh, share Lucy's birth story. So I'm really excited. Yeah. I, and I'm happy you're here. And thank you for being here with me to do that. Um, let's talk about if we can start with your pregnancy. I love to kind of start there. Tell me a little bit about what it was like being pregnant for you. Yeah. So um, 
I overall, I loved being pregnant. Um, I mean, I was really excited and felt really lucky that um, I got the opportunity to experience pregnancy. And um, I found out I was pregnant, actually, I've been feeling super nostalgic because I found out I was pregnant sort of um, around this time last year. And uh, I was just thinking about what those original feelings were like. And it was kind of a crazy story when I found out I was pregnant um, because I had this moment where I was... I was going somewhere and I just wanted to know. I had a feeling and I was like, oh, you know, I'm just going to say a little prayer and I'm just going to ask for a sign and um, I'm going to, I'm going to see if I can, you know, see kind of a confirmation because it was too early for me to take a test. Um, and I was sitting downstairs and um, I just said this prayer and I, you know, said, I, I want to know, can you show me a sign if, uh, if this is happening for me? And I had this, I had these records on my desk. They were in a record stand and the, there was the way that the record that was in the front was framed. There was a, a song and it had isolated. The song had the word positive in the song and the, it had isolated <laughs> that word. So the frame of the record stand cut off that word and the word positive was just on its own. Um, and I started crying and it was the weirdest experience <laughs> because I was like, is this? is this happening? And then I told my husband, I was like, I have a crazy story for you, but I can't tell you yet because I have to wait to like, see how this turns out. And, um, sure enough, I had ended up taking a test before I even missed my period. And, um, I had like the faintest, probably the faintest second line that you could get. And I was just like, you know, had to really ask myself, am I seeing things? (laughs) But no, there was a second line there. And, um, yeah. So I was, I was super excited. Um, my husband, it was father's day weekend and my husband came home that weekend and I told him the news and we were just over the moon. Um, and so, uh, early on, I knew that I wanted to work with midwives. Um, so I had, uh, got connected with the midwives pretty early on. Um, and yeah, going forward with my pregnancy, I was pretty lucky to have, um, relatively uncomplicated, um, healthy pregnancy. Um, I felt, felt pretty good. I dealt with, you know, some of the typical symptoms, um, some nausea in the beginning. I had a really busy summer. I was in Europe traveling, going, I had like six weddings last year. And so battling some of those symptoms, um, in the craziness of life was a lot, but I just remember like, I was always thinking, Oh, what a privilege to be able to feel sick for this reason, you know? And I feel like that perspective really kind of helped. Um, and then mm. I, I just remember second trimester hit and I was like, Oh, this is, this is the best. I could, I could do this all day. Um, <laughs> felt really good in the second trimester. And then the third trimester was, um, you know, when you get to the point where you just start to feel a little bit more uncomfortable, baby's taking up a lot of space. My baby was particularly long. So she was like just all up in my ribs and, um, trying, trying to kind of figure out how to, uh, you know, get comfortable was a little bit of a task, but, um, yeah, I think a lot of the things that I dealt with, dealt with were just kind of like standard. And overall, I, I loved being pregnant. I, I just thought every, every time the baby moved, you know, I just thought what a cool feeling and what an amazing thing to experience. Yeah. That is so neat. I hope you took a picture. Did you happen to take a picture of that like record? I did because I was like, I'm going to tell people the story and they're going to think I'm crazy. So I I had to take proof. (laughs) And I I think the record is still sitting like that on my desk because I haven't moved it since. 
Yeah, that's pretty special. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. Um, I It makes me wonder too. So you mentioned that you knew from the beginning that you wanted to work with midwives. So what is your background with, I want to hear more about that. Like where did that come from? How did you know you wanted to work, work with midwives? Um, it was just through talking, um, with other moms and, um, just hearing, you know, a lot of stories from other women online who had been through it. And I had just heard that, um, the experience with mid, like people had really positive experience with midwives and just felt that it was a very personal experience. Um, and that, you know, when women are going through the journey from beginning to delivery with these, with the midwives, there's, um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's less kind of get you in and get you out of your appointment. And there's just a lot of time just to kind of like sit down, really understand, um, you know, your birth goals and, and things like that. I also, in the beginning, I had, I was maybe considering a home birth. Um, but we had, um, we had ended up switching. Uh, my husband and I kind of said, you know, for our first birth, like, let's try to, maybe let's try it at the hospital. And depending on how things go, we can consider, um, trying that for, you know, one of the, one of our future pregnancies, because that is something that I think would be amazing to experience. But, um, I knew that if it came down to wanting a home birth, if I happened to switch my mind along the way that the midwives would be able to accommodate that. So that was kind of part of it as well. So that's kind of neat. That's like a thing that um, is unique to you being in Canada, for example, right? You can use the same midwives that you would use in hospital to come to your home. Mm-hmm. You get to choose, right? Yeah, yeah exactly. that's pretty neat. I like that a lot. Mm-hmm. So um, it, same kind of like going back to that again. So you did you research birth before you got pregnant or just what was it like along the way there that like, did you have friends that got pregnant and they were talking about midwives? Like, where were you hearing these stories? Uh, Yeah, I, it's hard for me to pinpoint exactly like when I, it was like, I guess like it started for me, birth and motherhood and all, all things related for me was kind of something that I always admired. And I always just thought was so incredible. And it was sort of a curiosity and an interest. And then I think when I became pregnant is when it turned to like full blown obsession. And I was just like, I just, yeah, I just think like, this is amazing. And I want to just soak up everything that I can. I want to make it the best experience. I want to, you know, really control kind of what's happening to me in my life around this time. Because right now I know for sure that I get to do this one time. I'm hoping I get to do it maybe a few more times, but like, you don't know. And so why not just try to try to make the best of it? So what had happened um, in my life personally was that I had seen um, I'm sort of at the age now where a lot of a lot of my friends and people I know are starting to have babies and I, I had seen this trend um, just within my circle um, where a lot of women I knew were um, ending up having to have emergency c-sections and um, I just kind of I it had me thinking like why, I wonder why this is becoming sort of seems to be happening more often, um, with young, um, healthy first time moms. And more often than not, it was usually, um, it was usually starting with an induction. Um, and then throughout uh, the birth, it was turning to an emergency C-section. So I kind of started looking into things and wondering, Hmm, like, I wonder if there's things that maybe can, um, increase your chances of that happening or, um, you know, just, just kind of what was, uh, how, why that was happening. And I knew at the end of the day that 
however you bring a baby into this world is just, it's just incredible. And it, and it's, it's always amazing no matter how it happens. But I kind of had decided I have some ways that I would like it to go for me. And, um, there's a number of reasons for that. So that's why I kind of was like, hmm, what's this correlation with? induction and C-sections and, and kind of sounding like with some of these birth stories, things, um, maybe weren't so much in people's control. And I wanted to try to, I guess, have as much control as possible, understanding that obviously birth has its own plan and your baby's always going to kind of have their own plan as well. But, um, yeah, so I, I just thought that was interesting and, um, wondering, thinking, hmm, birth is such a natural thing that has been happening for, you know, forever. And, um, it just didn't seem that it lined up for me to, for there to be needing so, uh, so much intervention, I guess. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm obviously not a medical professional, but, um, so yeah, I just, I just wanted to look into things and, and be as informed as possible, I guess. If you're obsessed with birth and you've ever thought about becoming a doula, you need to be at this free live training exclusively for my essential birth listeners with my friend and fellow birth worker, Kylie. Becoming a doula completely changed my life, and we need more women who are passionate about this work. You do not need to have given birth before, be on call 24-7, 365, or even wait until your kids have grown. Bring your passion and curiosity to this free training at myessentialbirth.com forward slash doula to get signed up, and I'll see you in the training. Yeah, you spoke a lot of truth, and that's kind of... Oh, I love it so much. Like everything that you just said, I think is really important for other moms to hear. Um, even like you're like, I'm not a medical professional, you know? No, you're not. And you don't have to be like all of those things that were attractive to you or that piqued your interest or made you curious. Um, I think those are all like natural, innate things that we have as mothers that like, yeah, that was a natural thing to wonder like, wait, why is that happening? Yes, this is a normal occurrence. So why are we medicating it the way that we are? So all of that. I love it. I love that you just went into detail on, on everything that you discussed there. Thank you. Um, as far as pregnancy goes, you said it was like pretty easygoing and all of that. So did you have any concerns with providers? Did you have any change of providers? Was there anything that happened during your pregnancy? Any like, um, tests that came back funky or anything that you kind of had to, you came up against during your pregnancy? Um, no, I would say, so the team, I worked with a team of four midwives. Um, and so the, it, it was a little bit strange because it was like, uh, you know, I'd only see them every, every few appointments. Sometimes you only, I only saw um, some of the members on my team once or twice, but, um, I feel like they were really, supportive of sort of, um, we are just really felt in alignment with, um, my birth goals and, um, my pregnancy and everything. They were really understanding and supportive and, um, really informative when I had any questions and I felt really comfortable kind of, uh, with them leading the way and taking me through my first pregnancy. So I was really thankful for that. Um, the, uh, yeah, the only kind of challenge that I kind of faced was, um, actually with some of the OBs at the hospital once I had gone past my due date. But I don't know. Do you want me to get into that now? Or is, I know that might be another question. We'll come back to that. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. Okay. Let me take you back. Yeah. Before we dive into all of that, um, your birth partner. So dad, what was it like? What, how did you guys prepare together? What did he do to prepare? It sounds like from the very beginning, he was on board with, you know, whatever. Um, and just really excited 
excited that you guys were pregnant and very supportive along the way. So what was that like for him? Yeah, he um, he has he was just incredible. I mean, he I knew that he was going to be amazing in all of this. Like he was so looking forward to becoming a dad. And he, he is almost to the point where he is just like jealous of everything that I get to experience and how close <laughs> I got to be to the baby. I think there's days where he wished he could be in my shoes and, you know, every chance that he got, it was like every time the baby was kicking or anything like that. And he it was like, Oh, do you want to feel like it was like it was the first time again? Like he was just, he was so excited. Um, I would say a lot of the way that he supported me was, um, just kind of filling in, stepping up when I needed to, you know, let myself relax or I, if I was having an off day or honestly, I, I was kind of surprised by how tired you can get in different stages of pregnancy. Um, and I'm kind of the type of person where, um, I've been known to be a night owl. I'll stay up all hours of the night to get things done when I need to, like, but I just, I couldn't fight the pregnancy exhaustion. So there was times when I just, I needed to sleep and he was really amazing for kind of stepping up and filling in the holes around the house and, um, cooking meals. So I could nap, uh, you know, before dinner and things like that. Um, bringing me little treats whenever I had a craving, which in Canada was often an ice cap. I don't know if you guys are really into the ice caps as much from Tim Hortons, but that was uh, my big thing. So, you know, when I just wanted to have a bath, he would he'd come home after work with an ice cap. And I was like, oh, I could get used to this. Um, but uh, yeah, so he was really amazing that way, just like understanding that, that when I needed to rest and when I needed to just kind of focus on me and take care of my body. And um, he knew I was carrying that precious cargo. So I think he was, he was more than happy to let me have those moments that I needed. And, um, the other impactful way that he was really there for me was when we, when we started taking the birth course together. Um, and I think that was amazing because he had, he knew my, my birth goals, but I don't think he fully understand why, like he was just kind of like, you know, well, people have been doing this forever and, and the professionals kind of know what they're doing and people, they're just going to guide you down whatever path makes sense. And so why do you need to do all this kind of research? And why do you, what is there to even know really? Like at first when I mentioned the birth course, he was kind of like, is this really necessary? And then when we took it, he was like, wow. And I think he really, felt, I think he felt empowered too. And he was like, I love that I have all this information and, and that I can carry myself now in conversations with people because I feel so informed. And, um, it was really nice to have that time to set aside working through the birth, birth course together, um, to sit down and really focus on the pregnancy and have even, it was just like a nice bonding time as well for us to sit down and, and work through that together. So we love that. Yeah, that's awesome. Which kind of leads me into my next question of like, tell me exactly what you guys ended up doing for birth prep. Were you think there are things that like, I did these every day, I was very consistent with them, or we did these things together. What did that look like for you in preparation for coming up to birth? So um, in the first couple, I would say the first couple of trimesters, like, um, there wasn't a whole lot, I was mainly just, I was trying to be conscious of what I was eating. Um, and making sure that I was keeping my body moving. Um, so I I was eating relatively healthy. Obviously, there's especially in those early days, there's some days where it's a little bit more challenging. But I, I kind of just told myself, 
if you fall off the wagon a little bit, you can always get back on. Like you don't, you don't have to throw, throw all your efforts away. Um, if you have a couple days where you need to give yourself a little bit more grace, that's fine. Just like get back into it. Make sure, you know, you're getting your protein, your fruits and veggies, taking all my vitamins, things like that. That was kind of like the main focus in the first couple trimesters. Um, and then also, um, fairly early on, I had started with the three daily exercises. Um, so I was doing that a lot and, uh, I, I liked that it gave me the exercises were something that were so simple that gave me something to feel like I was like, um, product actively doing something every day for my body and for the pregnancy. Um, and I really like that because I feel like as you know, for most women who are usually working while they're pregnant um, and busy with everything else going on in life, you can kind of, uh, your pregnancy can kind of fly by. So it was nice to have those, those things every day to just take some time to connect with me, my body and my baby. Um, and then it was uh, in the third trimester that I started to get um, really kind of like zone in on like, okay, my pregnancy really is kind of the top priority in my life right now. Everything else is more background noise. Um, so I was uh, really adamant with my daily walks. Um, it got a little bit interesting near the end, uh, being in Canada with the winter and taking my dog out <laughs> in the third trimester. But I, I made sure that I did that. And uh, I, I loved actually listening to the podcast. So it was like it kind of went hand in hand. I really looked forward to my my daily walks, getting to listen to a podcast. Um, a lot of the times it was my essential birth. Um, sometimes there was other podcasts where I just listened to birth stories. I was always listening to positive birth stories. I was obsessed. I could listen to birth stories endlessly. Um, and I was also at, um, at, in the evenings, I was listening to like birth meditations and affirmations and things like that. Um, I had printed off, uh, the birth affirmations actually, uh, provided with the cur- with the, uh, birth course. And I, um, set them on my dresser and in the morning I would read three out loud. And then when I went to bed, I would read three out loud again. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was just really near the end trying to get into a really positive, uh, headspace. Um, and then, yeah, and the, you know, in the final, month or so is when I had started uh, drinking the red raspberry leaf tea every uh, couple times a day, eating the dates. Um, I was diffusing a little bit of like clary sage oil. Um, yeah, I think, I think that was most of it. Um, I tried to do a little bit of curb walking again. That was a little bit difficult in the winter here, but I was bouncing on the ball yeah. like crazy. <laughs> I really like that as well. Um, and then, yeah, my stretching routine, it just got a little bit more elaborate because my body was starting to get a little bit more uncomfortable. So I started with the three exercises and then I added on a few extra things just for, uh, just general, uh, relief for the aches and pains. Um, but yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. It sounds like you did all the right things, intuitively listened to your body, even like the stretching, the extra stretching and stuff. And and by the way, like seriously, I love stretching when I'm pregnant, that relaxing and stuff. And you're like, oh, just everything feels so lengthened and strong <laughs> and it's beautiful. I love it so much. Yeah. Um, okay, so take me, you said that you came up to some stuff towards the end of your pregnancy. So let's talk about that and then kind of move into the birth. Okay. Um, yeah, so I had sort of anticipated, I, you know, I knew first time moms typically go over their due date. Um, so mentally I was like, we're, we're probably going to go a little bit late. Um, so I had that in mind. Um, I also, 
I had an original due date um, that was based more on my cycle. Um, and then when I went for my first ultrasound, my due date actually got bumped up a little bit. Um, and then consistently uh, throughout my pregnancy, all my appointments, I was always measuring um, two weeks behind. So I was measuring on the smaller side. So just knowing that, I was kind of like, ah, oh, well, you know, my due date got moved up and I'm measuring on the smaller side. I feel like my baby's probably going to end up hanging out in there a little bit longer to do a little bit of extra growing. And um, I also was just operating with the due date kind of very lightly, knowing that it is essentially a guest date. Um, so... Yeah, my due date rolled around, um, no baby. And then um, a week later, so by the time I was 41 weeks, um, my midwives were uh, wanting to talk about, you know, the options with uh, in- induction. And that was kind of like, a, uh, that was, you know, I was sitting there thinking, this is exactly what I didn't want. <laughs> um, and I knew that at the end of the day, like I don't have to get induced if I didn't want to, but I knew that as more time went on, I was going to have to force myself to be a little bit stronger to advocate because the pressure was going to get more intense as I went further past my due date. Um, so my midwives, I actually had one on my team early on. She had mentioned to me, um, she said, well, you know, I've actually had a lot of, uh, women lately who have had success with the uh, midwives brew and using castor oil to, um, to, to induce their, uh, their labor. And they actually, um, avoided their induction completely. They had a lot of success with that. And I was kind of like, okay, I had that in the back of my mind, but I didn't really know what that was or, um, what that meant, but I liked the sound of that. I liked that there was maybe another option. (laughs) So, um, I had talked with my one midwife at 41 weeks and we had sent like, I'll admit I was a little bit kind of feeling a little, you know, okay, maybe I should do this and um, had set a tentative induction date. And then they called me at home and I was like, ah, I think I want to push it. So I had managed to actually push my induction date, I think two or three different times. And I kind of was uh, kind of dragging them along like, oh, can I have a couple days? Can I have a couple more days? Um, but the thing was, I was feeling really good and I was feeling good. My baby was feeling good. They sent me for two non-stress tests. Um, and the heart rate was sounding good. The second non-stress test, they, they checked the fluid. Um, and, uh, they said, you know, there was, the baby still had, uh, a good amount of room in there and, and baby was doing fine. So, it was so strange to me that there was all this pressure of like, we got to get the baby out. And I'm like, but doesn't feel that way. Physically, it doesn't feel that way. And just my natural instinct is like, we are good. And um, if my baby's in there right now, it's probably because she, there's a reason and, and she needs a little bit of extra time. So, um, when I was at the hospital, uh, for my second non-stress test, uh, I had a couple OBs come in and, and talk with me and they had asked me, when my induction date was. And I said, Oh, uh, you know, I'm due to be induced in like, I think it was two or three days. And they were like, Oh, well, it's probably a good idea for you to get the Foley catheter tonight. Um, so that you'll be, uh, ready to be induced in a couple days. And I said like, Oh, I'm not supposed to get the Foley for another couple days. And they were kind of like, well, you know, you are this many days past your due date. And, um, we would really recommend that you get this done before you leave. And I said, well, I don't think I want that. (laughs) And they were kind of like, 
um, questioning me why my midwives allowed me to push my due date. And I explained the reasons and they uh, were like, okay. And then they, you know, they went over some of the risks of uh, going past your due date and specifically going past 41 weeks, um, which I was aware of. And, and I respected that they were, they were respectful with how they presented it. And I know that that's their job to, to give me all the information. Um, but they were definitely, it, at one point it seemed like, like I did have to question, like, do I have a choice here? Like, are you going to let me leave? Um, and, and, uh, the, uh, one doctor, she left and she was like, well, I'm just going to go talk to, I'm not sure, another doctor. And it, it like came across very much like I have to go get permission to allow you to leave. And I was kind of like, this is so strange because what was the point in sending me for this test if everything was going to come back good? And, you know, I got the green light that me and baby are both healthy, but then you're still telling me that I, we have to get the baby out anyways. Um, so she came back and she eventually said, okay, well, you know, we'll, we'll let you go. Uh, you can go home tonight. And I was like, uh, yes, thank you very much. <laughs> um, and, uh, I love the, like, we'll let you, I, I, th- I guess that's a, we'll let you yeah. take your body where you'd like it to go. <laughs> that's, that's very much how it came across. So like, I, I do yeah. think that they have the best intentions and I think that they, they are, um, trying to look out for you and, and the baby, but I was just kind of like, Oh, this, this definitely feels like a lot of pressure, but I, it was, it was a, um, it was a really empower. It was in a, what's the word intimidating moment, but it was empowering because it gave me that chance to be like, okay, you've been researching, you've got all the information and I, I like information and facts aside, you have an instinct as a mom. Um, and I was just like, this doesn't feel like it's my path and I don't want this. So I had to be strong and say no, but I completely understood in that moment why so many women get to this point in their journey where they sacrifice their wants and needs and their goals because there is that, that pressure. And also just feeling like, oh, well, you know, the doctor is going to know better than me. So I'm just going to go along with what they're saying here. So, um, it was, I left the the hospital and I kind of had a little bit of an emotional moment. It was like, whew, that was a lot. And a brief little moment of doubt of, was that the right thing for me to kind of stand up for myself? And I was like, no, you know, you know what you want. And, and that's, uh, that's what you should have done in that moment. So, um, at that point I, I had like a couple days before my final, The furthest I was able to push my induction at that time was like 41 weeks and six days. So I woke up on Saturday morning um, and I was, uh, had a moment with my husband. I got a little bit emotional and I was like, this just feels like, you know, I've been trying my best these past almost two weeks since my due date to just be positive and go to bed, no expectations, just kind of my baby's going to come when she wants, just let it be. Um, I was doing all the things that I try to, you know, could to encourage labor, but, um, I did get a little bit discouraged and I was worried. Like, I was like, I'm, I don't know how much longer I can stand up against the pressure and say no. And, um, I also did have that fear of what if I, what if I, you know, am so stubborn and I, um, I almost like go against their advice too much. And then it comes back to bite me and something bad happens, um, and with the labor. So that was also a fear of mine. Um, so I woke up Saturday morning and I was due to have the, uh, Foley catheter that night. And then the next day was going to be my induction. And I'm just sitting around on the couch thinking, I feel 
like I have, there's been no mucus plug, no water breaking, no uh, contractions at all. I was like this, I was getting convinced this baby's never coming. So um, <laughs> I had been doing uh, two days of research on the midwives brew and I knew that it was kind of like, seemed to be somewhat controversial. Um, and I couldn't exactly figure out why, um, because the side effects didn't seem, uh, the potential side effects didn't really seem like anything crazy. The, the one thing that seemed to be the big red flag was, um, that, uh, there's known to be a, a risk of, um, meconium in the womb, like a baby having a bowel movement in the womb, which can be dangerous. Um, but from what I learned, that's already, uh, you already have a higher chance of that happening once you go a certain length in your pregnancy because the baby has, is matured. So I'm like, that seems like maybe, um, maybe, a, uh, a wrong cause and correlation sort of situation where it's just coincidental that that a lot of women who are in a position to where they're taking the midwives brew are already so far past their due date. So, um, and I had also read that the, um, once you go past 41 weeks, there's actually quite a success rate, um, with inducing labor this way. So, um, it seemed kind of crazy, but I was like, I want to have control. I want this to go my way and I have to go into labor today, um, because I don't want that. I don't want to start the whole induction process. So I went upstairs and I had blended my little mix of like, uh, you know, the castor oil with, uh, nut butter and juice and everything. Um, it's quite an interesting taste, but I just chugged that back and was like, okay, now we wait. And, um, I went downstairs and my husband and I were watching wedding crashers and I'm just like, I guess we'll see what happens today. Like no idea what this day was going to bring. And little did I know, like, I was going to have my baby by the, by the end of that day. Um, so a couple hours after I had, had drank this, um, magical smoothie, <laughs> um, I started to get a little bit crampy and I had just thought, Oh, this is just, um, this is just a result of, you know, the castor oil is basically a laxative. So I was like, Oh, I just have to go to the bathroom. And, um, that wasn't too bad because I hadn't done that in a few days anyway. <laughs> so I was like, um, <laughs> this is fine. And that's kind of how things started. And then the cramps started to pick up and I was like, Ooh, these feel like period cramps. Um, and I've heard that can kind of be like contractions. And, um, my husband, honestly, we were so convinced this wasn't going to happen. My husband left the house to go like help a friend with an errand. And then as soon as I realized, these were contractions. Um, I remember my midwives were like, once you start having contractions, they're like, ignore them for as long as you can go for a walk, go to the mall, whatever. I could not ignore these. It was like, they came and they were coming in hot. And I was like, I think I have to start timing these. So I started timing them and immediately it was now I forget. What is it? One minute long every three minutes for an hour. Yeah. Four, yeah, four minutes apart, one minute long for an hour. Yeah. So as soon as I started timing, that was the pattern that I was on. So I was like, whoa, okay, things are happening. <laughs> um, so I called my midwife and I, cause I had, I called her in the morning and they wanted me to let them know when I was going to take the midwives brew just so they kind of, it was on their radar. Um, and I called her a few hours later and was like, yeah, I think I need to go to the hospital. And she was kind of like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, I've been timing and like, and things are pretty intense. 
Um, so obviously we had our hospital bag packed and everything and, um, the hospital was only like 10 minutes from our house, but the car ride to the hospital was, it was already at a point where it was pretty uncomfortable. Um, and by the time I got admitted, I was four centimeters. Um, and that was only at that point, that was only the second cervical check that I'd had. And it was like, Ooh, that was quite the experience having that while you're in the middle of contractions. <laughs> My husband was a little bit alarmed. He's like, that was a lot to see you go through. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, then I was admitted into uh, my room and things started off. It was like really, it was just so sweet. Like my midwife's like, okay, like, do you want some jello? Do you want to get in the tub? Like uh, we were just playing music. My husband was taping my affirmations. He, he packed them. He was taping them around the room. And I was like, oh, wow, this is so cool. Like I didn't know... I mean, I learned, but I, I, who would have thought that birth could be so like, you know, you get to set the stage, you get to create the space that you want. And, um, I was like, yeah, I'll have some jello. And I got in the tub and was eating the jello and <laughs> I'm feeling good. And like, oh my gosh. You're like, where's my ice cap? Yeah. Oh my gosh, honestly. <laughs> but it didn't matter. It's probably a good idea that I didn't have the ice cap because immediately after I had the jello, I threw it up. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. Yeah, that is good. Yeah. So, um, I got out of the tub. My, my, poor midwife. I almost, I basically threw it up on her and I was just like, I'm so sorry. From that point on, I had a, a lot of vomiting during my labor and that was probably uh, very much to do with the midwife's brew. So I will definitely caution that that is a known side effect. Um, so that was a little bit of a, a struggle because I was like, I was getting a little bit dehydrated. Um, but yeah, I, I got out of the tub and I started uh, a little bit of uh, sitting on the birth ball. I was trying to keep moving as much as possible. Um, but then it got to a point where I, I was feeling, uh, it was, it got pretty difficult and, um, my husband was so sweet. He like, I had like this little fan and we had a a water bottle, hot water bottle, all these little like tools in the birth bag. And he's just coming to my bedside and offering me whatever he could, you know? (laughs) And I I got to a point where I was like... I, I know I had all these, I had like the birthing comb, you know, to like squeeze in your hand. <laughs> right. I'm sure that works for some people, but I got to a point where I was like, nothing's working. And, um, I had the, uh, the, what is it? The, it's like a mask and it's, uh, I, f- I forget what it is that you breathe in. Um, it's almost like laughing gas. Um, oh, the nitrous? Yes. Yeah. So that was the one thing that I did say that I wanted and I, I found it very, um, like I felt like I was suffocating when I tried to put this mask on and, and breathe. And, um, so yeah, I, I, things like just went like, whoosh, they started to escalate. And I was like, whoa, this is intense. Um, I knew it was going to be intense, but it's a whole different thing to go through it. Um, my midwife was the sweetest. Um, she was so calm. She had the most like calm energy and she would just come and like whisper like encouragement and, and things like that. And at one point she came up to me and she's like, okay, Taylor, um, you're doing a lot of screaming. <laughs> let's try to breathe. <laughs> let's, let's bring it back. Aww. Let's bring your breath back. And I'm like, okay, yeah. I don't really know if I, if I did that, but I would definitely, definitely say women do your breath work, do your relaxation practice. <laughs> Cause I, that was one thing that I didn't do, um, with my next pregnancy, I will be doing, um, cause it, things just got so intense and I was like, I can't bring it back down. Um, so I got to like seven centimeters and I felt like 
I was just like waiting and, you know, all this talk about transition. I was like, I just want to get there. I just want to get to transition and know that I'm on that last hurdle. Um, so by the time I was around seven centimeters, I was kind of feeling like, I don't know how much longer I can do this for. The contractions were just back to back to back and there was no relief. And I was looking at my husband and I was like, I, you know, I, I went into it with an open mind and I kind of told myself, if you want to get the epidural, then, um, and that's what you need, then there's no, there's of course no shame in that. Um, and just do what you need to do in the moment. And I really felt like this is getting tough. I've gotten this far. I think I'm ready. And I kind of had mentioned it to my midwife and my husband and said, I, you know, I don't think I can really do this on my own much longer. And they both, it was like they both knew that I had more in me. And that was amazing because if it wasn't for both of them being like, you got this. And it wasn't in a way of like, no, you can't have it. It was like, we really think that you got this. You're, you're, you're progressing really well. You just got to keep going. And having that external support was that little bit of extra that I needed to keep going. Because if it was just me in that room, I would have been like, <laughs> I'm done. Um, so they really believed in me. And, and it turns out that I did have that little bit of that little bit more in me. And, um, yeah, then we definitely went through transition. And um, I loved that my husband knew and recognized what that looked like because of the birth course. And he was like, it's exactly like you guys talked about in the birth course. Like he was excited. <laughs> like he was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's getting crazy. We're almost there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, I had, I um, knew that I wanted to, I wanted to try to deliver um, on my hands and knees or on my side. And I wanted to try to be in positions that could encourage, you know, maybe less chance of tearing. Um, so I had started on my hands and knees. Um, that was good for a little while. Then I eventually switched to lying on my side. Um, and then we got to a point where um, things kind of slowed and my contractions kind of started stalling out. And the midwives were like, you know, I know you don't want to go on your back, but it might be worth trying. Um, just because it, it may encourage a little bit more progress and the babies, they, you know, they could kind of see the, the top of the baby's head. And it, so I had that little bit of like, okay, like we're getting there. We just got to keep, uh, keep moving. And so in that moment, I, same thing with the knowledge from the birth course, like I was like, yeah, changing positions. I don't want to deliver on my back, but if that's what it's going to take and that's what my baby needs to keep moving down, then like, let's do it. Um, and I, so I, I did go on my back and then I had a, um, I guess I, I should say like I, at this point I was pushing, um, and my contractions just like changed to all of a sudden I was pushing and that was a weird feeling. Mm -hmm. Cause I was like, Whoa, I don't even yeah. have control at this point. Like my body is, <laughs> is pushing. Um, so yeah, the, the, um, contractions kind of picked up again when I went on my back, we made a little bit of progress. Um, at first I was sorry, kind of like leaning forward. Um, and then I ended up having to go like completely flat. And when I did that, um, I, I made a ton of progress. I had a couple of really good big pushes. And like, um, at this point, the second midwife had arrived and they were both like, you know, that was amazing. Like that, the baby is that really got the baby moving kind of thing. And that was so encouraging to hear. And I was like, okay, like, that's awesome. How cool that you have this, you know, the choice and the freedom of movement to try these different positions and work with your baby because your baby's like, you know, I need something else, mom. You gotta, gotta give me something else here. And to see that response that, Hey, that worked was really awesome. So, um, yeah, I, my husband, he saw the head and he, 
he kept saying, oh, it's so you're so close, you're so close. I think he was saying that for like an hour. And I was like, <laughs> uh, as soon as he Stop. saw her, he was just like, the baby's almost here. And I was like, honey, that was definitely a first time dad mistake. Like for the next time, like, don't tell me I'm so close because you didn't actually know and you were giving me false hope. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he was like, the look on his face and knowing that he could see the baby, I was like, this is, it was just such an incredible feeling. They kept asking me if I wanted the mirror. And I, I was like, I don't think I want it because I don't want to, I don't want to feel like, I don't want to feel like I'm so close and then still have all this, all this more work to do. So I'm like, I just want to keep going. And, uh, then yeah, had the, you know, push through the ring of fire, which, um, my personal opinion is that the ring of fire is nothing compared to your worst contractions. I think the contractions were a lot more difficult to work through. Um, the ring of fire was just like, okay, yeah, it's a little bit, it's a little bit fiery. <laughs> um, and then she was out and, uh, my husband and I didn't know the gender. So we were waiting for that moment. And I am so happy that we did because that was an incredible moment. And we were both convinced, so convinced it was going to be a girl. So because of that, it was a girl and she came out and he just like, he was like, he forgot to announce I, the gender as he's passing her to me. I'm like, what is it? What is it? What is it? And he's like, it's your baby. And I was like, oh my gosh. I like, you know, every second in that moment felt like an eternity. Like I was like, I want to know, but he was just so excited that the baby was here. The baby was healthy. And then we did see it was a girl and, um, nothing. There's like, are no words in this world to describe that moment of having your baby placed on your chest after the nine months of, you know, growing them and having them inside of you. And, um, yeah, those first snuggles were just so incredible. And we were soaking up all the skin to skin that we could, um, funny, funny detail. She ended up, we did not have any meconium in the womb, but she ended up pooping on her way out somehow. So she came out with meconium like streaked across her forehead and we like we thought at first we're like does she have like a funny little birthmark like what's going on here and then they're like oh no she pooped on her way out and we're like what what an entrance like um (laughs) so uh yeah and then um yeah she she started sort of crawling towards me and crawling towards my breast and I looked at the midwife and I was like can I like, do I, do I feed her if she's kind of making her way there? And they were like, yeah, absolutely. And she kind of just latched on. And I was like, oh my God, how, how does she know how to do this? She just came into this world. So feeling that natural experience of connection between baby and mom was just like, oh my God, this is just amazing. There's, I've never experienced anything so incredible in this world. So I just, yeah, I thought it was amazing. And then, um, the, the, another incredible thing was just how good I felt right after I delivered my baby. Like the contraction started again after she was born to push out the placenta. And I was like, Oh no, I can't do this. Yeah. Again. <laughs> um, and then my placenta came out five minutes later and uh, it was, it was nothing. And, uh, my husband was so amazed and in awe of the placenta. Like he was like, that is so cool. We, we got a nice photo of it. Um, and, uh, yeah, so then, uh, they came in, I did have a small, um, tear, um, which I, you know, I kind of was preparing, like, it, it seems like tearing is kind of inevitable to some extent, like, um, it seems like you're one of the lucky ones if you don't tear at all. Um, so the OBs came in and they were like, 
you know, my legs are up in the stirrups and they're just like, oh, that's a nice healthy tear for a first time mom. <laughs> and I was like, okay, awesome. Um, and uh, they were stitching me up and I remember being so, that was one of the things I was most afraid of. I was like, oh my gosh, needles and stitches down there and that's scary. And my baby was out. That was like nothing. That was like, you know, I was so unbothered and um, I was just so captivated by her and caught up in the moment with her. And then, uh, I transferred her over to my husband and he got some skin to skin in and I got to go have a shower right away. And I was like standing in the shower and I'm like, how is this what's happening? Um, so yeah, she, and she was born at 1145 that evening. So she was, um, she just made it in time. March 11th was her birthday. And that was actually my eight year dating anniversary with my husband. Um, oh, how cool is that? Yeah. That's awesome. So it was a really special day for us. And we're like, uh, I was looking at the clock while I was pushing and I was like, I gotta get her out. I gotta get her out. Um, and she made it just in time, just 15 minutes shy of midnight. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, I honestly, I, I thought about this and I don't know how to explain. I don't know how to explain it. Um, the early contractions were definitely a familiar feeling of like, okay, I've, I've felt this before. Um, I've always, some, I've been someone that's always had really strong periods. So, um, I was like, Oh, some cramping, like I can handle this. And when it changed to be more intense, I, I don't really know how to explain what it felt like. You definitely do feel the wave. Um, like you can, you start to recognize when it's peaking and then you're like, you know, you kind of get that little bit of relief and you're like, all right, it's coming down. But near the end, you know that as soon as it's coming down, it's just going right back up again. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I was, when they, when it was Were happened, you feeling like intensity or pressure or pain? Like how would you describe it? And where, like which part of your body were you feeling it? Were you feeling it in your lower back? Did you have any like pressure or pain in your upper or lower abdominal? Was it kind of your whole stomach? Yeah, it kind of felt like my whole stomach. I didn't really have too much going on in my back. Um, my my husband and my midwife did help me. I forgot to mention that along the way with a little bit of like, you know, the counter pressure on my lower back, which was, which was nice. But um, I didn't felt like it gave me as much relief as I've heard other women talk about. Um, so uh, yeah, it, it just felt like a lot of pressure kind of all in my stomach and um, really just a very, very intense uh, sensation. So, um, but coming out the other side of those is like, wow, damn. Anyone who's done this, <laughs> kudos to them. They are superheroes because my husband, yeah. he was telling everyone, he's like, I have never seen anyone go through something like that and come out the other side. Like he just had a whole new appreciation. He's known me for like eight years and he was just like, wow. Like I didn't know that she had that in her kind of thing. So, um, yeah. That's such a neat thing. Um, okay. You know that I like to end these episodes with the best advice to moms, best advice for partners. And you said you actually were able to ask your husband some of those things too. Um, but first, let's hear from you. Like, What is your very best advice for moms that are listening and for partners that are listening? Um, yeah, my, I think my advice is, um, there's so much with pregnancy and motherhood that's all about perspective, um, because it is simultaneously one of the most challenging things, pregnancy, birth, and motherhood. One of the most pregnant or difficult things you will ever do in your life and one of the most rewarding, beautiful things you will ever experience. So you kind of have to take 
all of it as part of the experience, the good, the bad, the hard, um, everything. And a lot of it comes down to your mindset and your perspective and how you want to look at things. And um, like I said, when I was pregnant, I just kept thinking, wow, what a privilege to be sick like this. What a privilege to be uncomfortable for this reason. And um, really, if you are one of the lucky ones that gets to experience pregnancy, I just think like soak up as much of it as you can. And I know some women have a harder time uh, with it than others, but but um, at the end of the day, getting getting to grow uh, a life and bring it into this world is just such a privilege and such an amazing thing. So um, really protect, you know, your mental space in the process and try to keep things as positive as you can. Um, surround yourself with people that are going to be really encouraging and, and really supportive and know that knowledge is power. And, um, you know, the more that you learn, the more empowered you're going to feel and really tap into the natural intuitive instinct of birth and motherhood and uh, moms are superheroes and no matter how your birth story turns out um, there's a million different ways that it can go um, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be amazing and and anyone who does it is is a superhero for sure yeah I like that what about for our partners what do you have to say to partners that are listening uh, yeah so my husband he uh, he was really sweet he had mentioned he said um, that he, his advice to dads is to really take the time to, um, soak it up as well and, and really enjoy the journey with your wife. Um, let me see what else he wrote here. Oh, he said, um, be open to new information and learning. Um, because I think he really realized how impactful that was for him. Um, and, uh, he said to stay calm, be positive and go the extra mile to support your partner. So, uh, I think a lot of it for him just comes down to getting involved and, and being there and knowing that even though you're not carrying the baby, there's so much that you can do as a dad. And, um, everything that I went through in pregnancy and, and bringing my baby into this world, I definitely could not have done it without him and without how um, present and committed and supportive he was. So um, dads do not underestimate how important your role is as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's all really good advice. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for your time today. What an incredible story. And I love that you have such a positive story that you get to share with other women so that just like you were talking about, they can get in that good headspace. You'll be one of those people in their ear that they just get to like, yes, this is what I want. That's the kind of birth I'm hoping for. So that's pretty special. Yeah. Um, but thank you so much for your time and for being here today, Taylor. Thank you so much, Stephanie. You have, uh, you've done an amazing job with this podcast and you've created a really, really beautiful community. And um, I think you're definitely changing the lives of, uh, you know, you've helped change my life and uh, many other women. So thank you for everything that you've done as well and getting me the chance to have this full circle moment being on the podcast today. If you loved what you heard today, the very best way to support this podcast and help other moms to find it is to leave a quick review. I read one at the beginning of the episodes and I would love for yours to be next. And if you're ready for even more pregnancy, birth and postpartum goodness, Come join me in the My Essential Birth course at myessentialbirth.com, where I will hold your hand and walk you through pregnancy and birth step-by-step step so you're totally prepared for a birth you'll love. See you next week.